Hey, you're listening to Podcast Rewind with Erica Jarvis and Amy Randolph. This is the podcast about all of the podcasts that we just can't stop listening to. Enjoy! Hey everybody, welcome to Podcast Rewind, episode 19. I'm Amy Randolph, one co-host of Podcast Rewind, sitting with me. Hi guys, I am the other half. This is Erica Jarvis, and thank you for listening to episode 19 of Podcast Rewind. While you're not listening to us, feel free to stalk what we are doing on the interwebs. You can check us out on Instagram and Twitter, at PodcastRWD, or search in the Facebook and check us out over there at Podcast Rewind, see what we're doing, but I'm always... Doing an Instagram story or two, and I'm at Erica Jarvis. Yeah, I'm at I'm Amy Randolph on Instagram or Twitter if you want to follow along with me. I haven't tweeted in quite a while, but feel free to follow me anyhow. Goodness, not only have I been tweeting, but I have been retweeting up a store. Get it, girl. Well, there's a lot going on in the world, and I feel that there's there are things to retweet because I am not, turns out, as eloquent as 17-year-olds. Turns <laughs> the fuck out. But you know what we can do because we're older than 17? Drink? We can drink. That's right. So, so Amy, cheers. cheers. Our drink of the week this week is uh, the Amy special, a Bloody Mary. These aren't as quite done up as I normally do, but I did add the celery salt rim, so points you know, for me. You know, it's a nice little added mm-hmm. bonus, the celery salt rim, and so when we were prepping for the show, I was like, Amy, we had a long night last night yeah, with we a bunch were. of friends, Ooh. and Ooh. I was like, I cannot even stomach the thought of a beer. Nope. Oh, but I could have a Bloody Mary. you're like oh am I making it I'm like yeah yeah that's what we're doing you know your job in this apartment Uh, I have a few I have a few but that is uniquely my role here it is but um now that we've had a sip I am kind of vibrating on edge I gotta get into obsessions let's do it what are you obsessed with we have you know been doing this little dog and pony show since late October Mm -hmm. and we've had some amazing successes that we've been able to cross off on our bucket list getting into iTunes getting into Stitcher starting our Facebook page the other day when I was playing on Podbean which is where this show is actually hosted Mm -hmm. they were like hey you can apply to be in Spotify. Spotify? Spotify has podcasts, you ask? Right. And Spotify is actually where I listen to a few. Straight Up With Sassy, the um, Bitch Sesh Girls. Mm-hmm. So I knew Spotify had some podcasts, but I had read recently that they're really trying to hone in on getting everything into Spotify because they want you to be there for your music. Makes sense They have some audio books. Yeah. Um, so they were getting more into it. So the more I read about it, they were like, hey, chances are, like, it's really difficult to get into Spotify. They're really looking for podcasts that are kind of not millennial-based, but a younger audience. Fresh. Fresh and really great content. And fuckers, we are there. We are young and fresh. We are young and fresh, and we are in Spotify. And Yay! I am so excited. I messaged my brother. He was like, hell yeah, girl. And, like... It's so great to, like, just be in Spotify and, like, see my our own logo and oh stuff. And it makes me think that, like, I'm, like, puffy. Like, when you hear that Puff Daddy or whatever his name is right now is in a club in New York and he's dropping, like, $100,000 on Ciroc bottles. But everyone's like, but that's Diddy's vodka. That money's going right back into his pocket. Exactly. So I pay that $9.99 a month to my Spotify without commercials. So, like, do I get a cut of that now? Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think we're getting a cut. But we are very excited. Yes. So, guys, um, you can just... 
Podcast Rewind in the search bar on Spotify and hit subscribe and you will get our episodes every week. That's right. Don't forget too, we are on the other platforms. We're on uh, iTunes, we're on Google Play, we're on Stitcher. Um, And if you happen to go over to listen to us on iTunes or on the Android phones, the CastBox app, please uh, give us five stars and a little comment rating. Yeah, that would be the greatest. We would love that. So, okay, Amy, I've uh, got the Spotify. Mm, Yeah. I am obsessed this week. I went and saw Black Panther. (gasps) Super big movie. Um, Second biggest opening weekend of all time, I believe. I think so. So, um, hooray for the, the Marvel Universe. I'm not a real big superhero movie goer. I rarely go to the theater to see them. We saw Wonder Woman last year, Mm -hmm. but that was like a, it was like a one-off for me. Sure. Um, But I had some friends that I had happy hour plans with on Friday and they were like, hey, do you want to extend the evening a little bit and go see Black Panther? And I'm so glad I went. I don't think that I would have gone out of my way to see it. Again, just because I'm not a superhero kind of person. Yeah. But I was feeling super empowered by that movie. I loved the story. I thought the story was so clever. Uh-huh. Um, you know, because it's set in modern day, but there's a sci-fi tinge to it. There's a history twinge to it. Um, obviously, um, the, you know, the black community is celebrated in that movie. Oh, my God, amazingly. Women were, too. That's women were some of the strongest characters, and um, all of the actors in it were outstanding. Yeah. The costumes were outstanding. The Like I said, the story I loved so um, not like it needs more promotional help from me, but <laughs> um, well. go see Black Panther. It's great. I saw a video clip on YouTube with, you know how Jimmy Kimmel does that lie witness news where he goes in the yeah. streets and asks yeah. people questions? So he was in the street asking everybody about the conflict in Wakanda and if we should, re- <laughs> <laughs> if we should send troops over. Oh, God bless. And they were like, what do you think about the president fighting with the president, you know, the leader of uh, Wakanda? Wakanda? And they were like, you know, he's going to tweet. What are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> bless. <laughs> nobody was like, yeah, it's fine. It's a movie. Because, of course, they're asking, like, specific people, and they're not going to show if anybody responded. Yeah. But, I mean, just the fact that people are like, yeah, you know, I keep reading about Wakanda. It's just not good. <laughs> Bless. It's so funny. Bless. we got to help. You know, right. Wakanda can help itself. I know. Well, i got to go find some friends that haven't seen it yet, because I'm dying to see yeah, it. For yeah, for sure. All right. So, I think it's time to talk about podcasts on the Podcast Rewind. I would love to talk about a few pop-ups. Yeah, let's do pop-ups That I listened this to week. this week. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, last week we did a huge deep dive into Armchair Expert with Mm -hmm. Dan Shepard, and Mm so, um, he had Jimmy Kimmel on recently, so I highly recommend everyone go check that one out. Did you listen to that one already? Yeah, it was fantastic. Okay, I haven't. As per usual. Um, I started the, uh, Ashton Kutcher one, Mm, and didn't didn't finish it, but. Well, I mean, you have two hours, so, like, it can take a minute. Take a minute. Um, but so I was, I wanted to go back and find more of these just one-on-one kind of conversations, so I went back to What the Fuck with Mark Maron. Oh, Yeah. And I love how he introduces his show. He's always like, right, what's going on? What the fuckers? Yeah. <laughs> like, Are you what, still reading that book you got for Christmas? Yeah, I am. So yeah. it's slow, like a chapter at a time. I'll mm-hmm. kind of read it because it will, like right now the one I'm, the chapter is like sexuality. So it's just all these snippets from people who've been on the show talking about their sexuality coming out and stuff. And I don't know everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, the episode I want to talk about is episode 889. He's legitimately Damn. been doing almost a, 900. He's got to be one of the original podcasters. He is. He started in 2009, which kind of with like more of like an online Uh kind of presence and then officially moved over to podcasts like right when they started. So he's definitely at that forefront of it. So, um, yeah, he's just hilarious. But um, I listened to episode 889 with Esther Pavitsky and that name. (gasps) Is Is she the one that does the that one podcast that you talked about? 
she the psych the therapist then oh no sorry. that's almost a I really familiar you. name jumped you, right. sorry uh no Esther Pravitsky has a tv show on freeform called Alone Together oh. and I think I told you I started watching it it's yeah. about um refresh me though <laughs> I want to say a young couple, but it's, like, two best friends in, like, their t- mid-20s living in L.A., mm-hmm. and they have such, like, a dynamic relationship, but they're not together. And everyone's oh. like, why aren't you together? And they're Got like, it. oh, because he's disgusting. I wouldn't want to be with him. And they kind of have, like, a respectful disgrace with one another. I mean, it's an interesting show. And so he, she was on the podcast, and I was like, oh, i got to take a listen to this because I'm really enjoying the show. Mm-hmm. And um, she started back at the comedy store, and he – he was like managing it like oh. years ago, and he was like, "I've known you. I've seen you grow up. Like you were a baby coming in to the comedy store." And I kept telling you, like, "This is for dark people." We're <laughs> going to ruin you. You have to be hurt before you come here. May I suggest UCB? And she was like, "You can suggest it, but I'm not going anywhere." Like I know I'm young and cute, but I know I'm dark too. She knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. So she kind of talks about how. She got into comedy, and they were talking about, like, oh, normies won't understand what we're doing. And I'm like, oh, normies. It, is that us, people who aren't stand-up comedians who aren't, like, dark in our heart? Like, does normies. That mean, does that mean normal or fans of Norm from Cheers? God, I hope it's the latter of the two, but I'm going to say it's probably normal people. But also normal I'm not a normie. Could, I'm not. Um, so Do but, love Cheers, though. Yes. <laughs> Ted Danson. Um, <laughs> but so they were talking about how, like, her childhood growing up in, like, Illinois or something, or Indiana – so Midwest and mm-hmm. how he was like, you must have had a pretty normal life. And she's like, no, I mean, my parents witnessed me grow up, but I wouldn't say that they raised me. Like what they a were great way to put it. Long for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, they kept me alive. Basically, she was like, they witnessed Sorry. it, but they really didn't do much about it. And how her father had a gambling addiction, but she didn't know that it was a gambling addiction as a child. Just mm-hmm. dad would go off for a couple of weeks and just figure like, that's what dads did. And then they came back with gifts for you. And so mm. at a young age, she definitely saw some things and, Really interesting conversation. Like, they talked a lot about, like, they both had families that, like, they would never ask their dad for advice. Like, you know, when something happens or breaks around this apartment, we're always like, would your dad know or should my dad? I'll call my dad. My dad will tell me what to do. And they're like, I would never go to my parents for advice. Like, that would be the stupidest thing ever. Mm -hmm. And, like, how they just so bonded. And it was a really cool episode. Just that conversation. But there's also... Because they know each other so well, they kind of fit into a rhythm. Yeah. But I got to learn a little bit more about the TV show. And they said she's young and killing it. Like, you know, has a TV show on Freeform that she like, writes and stars in. And it's interesting. I liked cool. it a lot. Yeah. Um, I, you want me to go? Yeah, sure. I listened to, this is a show we've talked about on this show before, but this week's episode of Bitch Sesh mm. is, uh, it deserves an award. It's so... Was it a live show? Good. It was a live show. Nice. Uh, it was a live show in New York City. Um, Casey actually wasn't there because... Because she's dead. Because she's dead. But, <laughs> right. Um, but no, she was filming something, which I think is probably why they were doing a New York show. Family Feud? Uh, well, whatever it is, I don't know what she was filming. They, she didn't say, but whatever it was, like the schedule got behind oh. and she was stuck at work and couldn't come to oh, like no. do her own live show. So they got pinch hitter Jessica St. Clair to come in and co-host Love with Danielle. Jessica St. Clair. Yeah, she's great. She's so funny. Uh-huh. And the really, like, the awesome thing about her is that she doesn't watch these shows. Oh. She only has seen, like, she probably, like, one season of Real Housewives of New York. Uh-huh. Um, so I love it because Danielle has to tell her what's going on, and her reactions are, as a normie, if you will, uh-huh. like, like, 
um, when you ex- like, if you explain to her that okay, so the New Jersey women were down in Palms, uh, we're not Palm Springs, wherever they West Palm Beach, and like they threw a cake. To mm-hmm. us, that's not shocking because we've seen yes. so much shit go down on these shows. But something like that to her, she'd be like, "What? No, stop! What the fuck? What kind of people are these? <laughs> what kind of cake was it? Was right? it meant to be <laughs> right? Like, like a smash cake? Like she acts legitimately shocked by the things that happen. Where like uh-huh. the, the rest of us are desensitized yes. <laughs> to what's going exactly. on on the shows. So, but the real, real treat is special guest Jerry O'Connell oh. comes on, and he's yes. just a delight to hear talk about the housewives. If if anybody watches uh, Watch What Happened Live with Andy Cohen, obviously he's yeah. a, he's a pretty often guest. I think he's like a pitch hitter. I think yeah. he's like a kind of really when they right. don't have anybody, you slide these guys in. Um, but he like legitimately loves these shows and he's so funny when he talks about them. He told this really, really funny story of how he and his wife, Rebecca Romaine, uh-huh. and their children went to like an all-inclusive at, you know, wherever, resort for a week. And at the end, like they really loved their like butler that they had and at the very end of the vacation, he, like, got an envelope of cash and walked up to the butler. And Rebecca <laughs> Romaine was like, this is not below deck. <laughs> You're about to below deck him, aren't you? And he was like, yeah. yeah. Even my kids are like, he's about to below deck this. <laughs> oh, my God. That's exactly what um, I thought of when he said envelope of cash. Exactly. So it's... It's a treasure of an episode. It was so, so funny. If you're a Real Housewives or any Bravo show uh-huh. fan. Um, and I'm not listening to Bitsesh, like, religiously right now because the only show they talk about that I'm watching is Vanderpump Rules. Okay. Are um, they doing Married to Medicine a lot? They're not. No. Oh. They mostly do Real Housewives, but they do pump... They only came back to Pump Rules this season. Okay. And I think they're only really doing that one because it's Vanderpump's show yes, and she's course. a housewife. Yes. Um, so they don't do Top Chef or any of those. Okay. But the shows that are on right now, Real Housewives, are Atlanta and Beverly Hills. And I don't watch either of those. I gave up again on Beverly Hills. Yeah. And so, but still, listening to their take on it is mm-hmm. still normally funny enough for me. But this one was, it's an outstanding show. That's funny. Jerry O'Connell and um, Michael Rappaport, uh-huh. huge Housewife fans. Which is so, it's just delightful. Yeah. So I'm not exactly sure the real situation, but... I will say I heard on the morning breath this week Claudia Oshry talking about how there's like a sports podcast called Barstool, I think, and it's mm-hmm. got its own like media company and has a bunch of variety of different shows. And I think Rappaport is like in his podcast is in a fight with like Barstool oh, yeah. or something and like people were coming for each other and I was just like, oh. oh that reminds me, Jerry tells the story, Rebecca Romaine and Yolanda are in a Twitter feud right now. What? Because I guess Rebecca Romaine went on someone's show and said like, oh, all those supermodels right now like basically come off, come off the Real Housewives shows. And so Yolanda went after her, and she's hitting back, like, no, you don't understand. First of all, I'm a major fan of yours. Like, I didn't mean anything by uh-huh. it. It's just kind of true. Look it, around. It's totally true. Um, anyway, great episode. Oh, that's so funny. Well, so speaking of reality TV, um, it is Sunday today. So tonight is the Women Tell All yes. Bachelor edition, which bachelor. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I mean, this show and Ari is such a fucking snooze fest, but like... The women are yeah. really, like, yeah, drumming up a lot of great drama and stories. So I say that because in this past week or so, there have been a lot of um, ex-Bachelor contestants on a variety of podcasts. Okay. So Charlene Joint, who was on Juan Pablo's season. The opera singer. The opera singer. Mm-hmm. She was on Reality Steve this week. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, i got to listen to that. Yeah. Um, and I think they have a podcast together. They do. It's called the Him, Him and Her, Her podcast. podcast. It's a... 
I think so it's a bachelor recap. Uh, yeah, show. I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure either. I don't listen to and it. And she has her own like blog and bachelor recaps there, but she's also like currently in La Boheme doing opera <laughs> stuff still. So like she's still trying what to get her job. paycheck. And um, he dropped a little bit of dirt in the beginning that when he had Brit on his podcast back in the day, or was gonna have Brit from Sean season, uh-huh. she asked to be paid. No, she was Crystal's. Sorry, Crystal season. She asked to be paid, and he was like, "No, I don't no. pay anybody." And kind of called her out on the air, like, "No." And then I guess some story came out that like she can't get sponsorship deals, she can't get anything, she doesn't have a job, she's broke, she's got no sugar bear gummy sponsors. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So I was like, "Oh, a little bit of gossip over there." And then um, Kayla Quinn. Mm-hmm. From Ben Higgins season mm-hmm. was on Mally Knopf with Olivia Caridi, who was also, also from, from Ben, ben Higgins season. So they had a really good kind of chit chat, just some like you know behind the scenes stuff in regards to the show. They both were saying how they still have their like rose ceremony gowns, and you have to bring like twelve with you, yeah, even if you get dumped off the show. And I think it was Olivia who was like, "Oh yeah, like." In my closet, I still have what was going to be, like, my final two. I was going to wear, like, a white dress. And Kayla was like, really? She's like, yeah, I was going to show, She's like, gonna bride I'm up. ready to be a bride. She did not make it that far. No. Not at all. She got left in an island somewhere. She did. She might still be there. We're not sure. <laughs> but, um, so that was a really good conversation. Because in the show, it's edited to make Olivia look like she has no friends. Mm-hmm. But it turns out her and Kayla were pretty close on the show. So it was good to hear them chit-chat on her book. Blog on her, her podcast. podcast. Can I jump in real quick yes. about dresses? Yeah, I talked about um, last week Ashley I's podcast, and she had Jade and Tanner on because uh-huh. Ben was busy. And Jade told a really great story on that show that when she got engaged to Tanner, she hates the dress that she's wearing. She had to buy it at like the resort's gift shop because she ran out of dresses. Oh. And she had the like PAs run around to the other girls and be like, hey, does anybody have a dress I can borrow? They haven't worn yet. Mm-hmm. And nobody would give her a dress. <gasps> so she had to go like buy one at the resort gift shop. And it's like, I guess a bright orange thing. And yeah. She hates it. She's like, I hate watching the footage of my own proposal back because I hate my dress. Oh my God, that's so funny. I know. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Um, well, the last one I was going to pop up was on the morning brought this week, Lala Kent was on. And oh, as they man. say, give them Lala. So if you're watching Vanderpump right now, Lala is life. I mean, she was tough in the she's, beginning, she's but coming girlfriend is ready. I mean, she's like 25, or no, she's not 20. She was 25 when she started. Yeah. I think she's like 20 or something right now. But if you think about it, like Jax is going to be 40. So like there's an age range on this show and she's definitely bringing in a younger demographic. Mm -hmm. When the girls of the morning breath were like, oh yeah, like we don't even understand Jax and all these people. Like they're so old, but we understand you because you're in your 20s with us. So it was a really good like chit chat conversation with Lala and her and James Kennedy are not speaking. They are not No friends. one should speak to James Kennedy. No one Kennedy. should speak to James Kennedy, not even his girlfriend. Well, she he should not be like his shit. girlfriend, yeah. Well, yeah, so those are three podcasts that I recommend this week if you're trying to catch up on your reality TV, <laughs> whether it is ABC or whether it is Bravo. Excellent. Well, so. Oh, okay. Do you have any more? I do have one more podcast. Okay, let's go. Okay. So I listened to this yesterday, and I re-listened to it again today. Um, this week's episode of the Criminal Podcast Super. Do I know that one? Um, you know, last week I talked about This Is Love, which yes. was like, they bamboozled me into listening <laughs> yes. to a love podcast. Yeah. Um, this girl's original podcast is Criminal. Okay. Um, and it's on my like true crime list and I don't listen to it often, but I did listen this week because, I don't know why, the title pulled me or whatever, <laughs> but it was called Manual. Mm-hmm. And the manual for killing. Right. So, and I'm not going to tell like a full true crime story. This actually, most of the podcast shoots off into this very interesting thing that happened. So back in the 90s, a family, unfortunately, 
uh, a man hired a hitman to kill his ex-wife and son for okay. financial purposes. Sucks, right? Yes. So thankfully, the police caught him and caught the hitman. And when they're raiding the hitman's apartment, they find this book called Hitman. And it's a 27-step guide to being a hired hitman. Stop it. And like he said, details. Like this is a recipe to bake a very specific cake. And Whoa. when they went back and looked at the like death. Like a poop pie from that one movie? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, when they went back and looked at the murder that he committed, he clearly used the manual to a T to do it. So um, the lawyer that's involved with this case is like, this shit cannot be right. Yeah. And looked into the book further, and it's this publishing house called uh, Paladine Press. Paladin? Paladin Press. Oh my God, wait a minute. This wasn't like a PDF ebook you could find on the interwebs? It's a fucking book. And this is the 90s, so like book catalog, like the scholastic catalogs that we had, <sighs> but like for murderers. But they have other books. <gasps> One that will teach you how to shoot a human with a uh, rifle from long range. One book called Homemade C4, which was purchased and read by Timothy McVeigh, the Stop Oklahoma City it. bomber. Right. So this publishing house it's is putting up. out these fucking books. What? And they're doing it under their First Amendment right to free speech. Yeah. So this lawyer is like, yeah, but no, that's this is not fucking right. And he just he kind of abandons his own practice and really focuses in on this because he's so moved by it. And um, like he said, it's like this is not what the founding fathers meant by freedom of speech. And so he sues the publisher, or he gets a group, he gets some other lawyers and stuff together, and he sues on behalf of the dead family. Um, and he sues the publishing house for aiding and abetting in murder. Mm-hmm. And he, so it's basically a first amendment conversation, this yeah. podcast. And it's interesting. So like, for instance, in fiction novels, like if you, he's, he brought up the example of Tom Clancy. Like if you, if Tom Clancy writes a book where somebody makes a bomb and kills somebody with it, um, it, and somebody else reads that and then does the same thing and kills somebody, you can't go sue Tom Clancy because, first of all, it's fiction. Yeah. And second of all, the intent is to entertain. Mm-hmm. It is not to te- teach. Seems, yeah, and, like, you know, all the crime shows, all of those, you cannot sue them for showing that stuff and potentially opening somebody up to learning yeah. how to murder because that's not the intention. Um, but the intention of this book is clearly to instruct you how to murder. Jesus. So... Um, it first gets thrown out by a judge and he takes it through appeals and he's finally going to go to court. Like four district, you know, judges had to all weigh in and say like, yeah, this at least deserves a trial right before the trial starts. The publishing house, um, uh, settles for an undisclosed amount and they just say, okay, we'll stop selling that book and the podcast person, but it's out there. So now it is a PDF online. The the podcast host was like, yeah, I've got a PDF of it right Uh. here in front of me. So that stuff is out there, which I had no idea about because I don't murder. I, no. I listen to and talk about murder, but I don't actually murder. So, man, that's terrifying. And it, this is all protected under the First Amendment. I mean, I've, I took a class in the First Amendment mm-hmm. specifically in, like, law classes and stuff because journalists have to know all about libel and slander and things like that. But, I mean, I would never have written an article about, like, step-by-step, step, here's how you do it. Yeah. I mean, it would be – it's. I was going to say, it's like that O.J. Simpson book, like, I didn't do it, but if I did, but here's I how did. I do it. Speaking of the journalistic aspect, they did say that when this ca- this case got pretty popular or pretty well-known, and ABC News and a couple other news outlets came out in support of the publishing house because oh. from the 
you know, they want to, they don't want to have the First Amendment start to be encroached on in any Correct. way because you set the precedent once and yes. then it, it dominoes. And so as a, as the journalist field uh-huh. was behind the publishing house. Yeah, I mean, because it can encroach, but you would just also think to yourself, like, who the fuck is doing that? Like, why would you put that book out yeah, there? Yeah, I mean, it's sick and disgusting, it is. but it's legal. Yeah. So a lot of things that are sick and disgusting that are legal, but right, right. that's a different podcast at a different time. So uh, that was the end of my pop-ups. So crazy. Right. Well, I kind of wanted to have a conversation with you about a podcast. Okay. That I just heard and started listening to this week. Okay. So, um... Face of a Feminist is a new podcast out here in the podcast ether. Mm-hmm. It is it can be found on iTunes as well as iHeart. And it is hosted by Laura Diaz and Marissa Clark. And they are two local uh, radio girls yeah. here in Orlando. If you're not an Orlandonian, you very likely don't know who they are. Correct. But so, I've been hearing their voices for years as uh-huh. have you on the radio. Yeah, exactly. So they are on a morning show here in town called Johnny's House on XL1067. And Laura has been... Open about being a feminist, I would say, since she started on the show. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty open and, you know, clear this is what you were getting from Laura. But they make that morning show not political. They're here to tell you yeah, it's entertaining. whether or not Selena and Justin are back together. Yeah. And, you know, here's the next round of songs. And, hey, we'll take some callers. Yeah, it's the typical Top 40 radio drive exactly. hour show. Yeah. Um, but so much has been happening in the world in the last couple of years that Laura really felt strongly about starting a website, Facebook page um, called Face of a Feminist. I know... Uh, Two people that have actually been interviewed by her. One girl who does a lot of, like, body positive modeling and, like, a lot of nude work and Mm -hmm. um, came up against a situation that kind of got Laura's attention and she was able to interview her and allow my friend to kind of say her piece about what her, you know, thoughts were. Um, And so she definitely is looking for other women to kind of help share their story. So I thought it was interesting when they announced that they were going to turn this into a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I started listening, and like I said, it's her and Marissa from the show – and they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, about nine years apart or so. Laura is married, um, has children. Marissa is, you know, a single millennial, you know, out in the world trying to make it work, but also working her butt off. So um, I wanted to give it a listen. They, you know, launched it, I would say, Tuesday or so. Okay. Their podcast, we're subscribed on our joint cast box account, by the way. <laughs> so they have one episode out? No, they put out about four. Oh, okay. So they put out, like, an intro, which I skipped because mm-hmm. a lot of the intros are, like, two minutes long, and I wasn't – I thought that that's what it would be. I don't like And this. then I jumped into episode one, which was called Lose Weight and Burn Sage, and the conversation just started, <laughs> and I was like, I, did I miss something? Went back to the intro. The intro is about 20 minutes long, so I highly recommend oh, listening to their intro. It's basically an episode where they talk about themselves, why they're doing this podcast, etc. So yeah, episode one, they kind of talk in about, you know, um, Laura's husband made a comment in regards to her, you know, wanting to lose weight. Marissa felt the need to, like, burn some sage in her apartment and, like, clear the energy and how she did feel positive about it. Um, and then their second episode that I listened to was how to find the one, because, like I said, with... Laura being married and, you know, did the dating scene back in the day. Sorry, I totally kicked you under the table. (laughs) There was a cat under the table. (laughs) No, playing footsies while we podcast. Um, But, you know, Marissa being single and just how it is very different being single now versus, you know, when we were in college. Oh, Because Laura's just a little bit older than us. So, you know, Bumble wasn't an option. You know, when we were in college, you just maybe had to flirt with a guy at a bar loudly because there was music and screaming and Text, dancing. Texting wasn't a thing even texting until like senior year. barely a thing. And it, it cost you a dime each. Oh, I still owe my parents money on that. <laughs> um, but so they are going to like, you know, banter about love, careers, and different life experiences, but no matter what, they're going to address anything that's specifically female. And I 
enjoyed just listening to their conversation because I do listen to them in the morning shows. So yes. I know who they are. I already have kind of an affinity to those women in their conversation. Mm-hmm. And so listening to this was just an extension of the show without music in between, which was fine by me. But I also wondered, you know, when and if there was going to be more conversation about feminist things. So I think to myself, like, stuff mom never told you definitely has a strong feminist, feminist slant. But, you know, with each podcast of theirs that we, you know, we both have listened to them jointly, separately, and when we talk about them, they will have, you know, pulled quotes from women that they've interviewed on a subject matter, scientists, you know, therapists, yes. et cetera, and get data and stuff. And so I just, you know, I'm wondering if that's where this conversation is going to eventually go. Because while it was interesting to hear them talk about, you know, Laura and her husband fighting about, like, her gaining six pounds and Marissa saving her apartment, wasn't sure the feminist conversation about that. Right. You didn't bring an issue to light. Right. And like I said, I'm only at episode two. I don't know what three and four will bring. Uh-huh. But if you're going to innately talk about being a feminist show, I think that there does need to be more conversation to be had. It, well, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I didn't ever follow the blog or the Facebook page yeah. when she started that. But wasn't it typically that she would interview others to create her articles and not necessarily so, yeah. her own? Correct. Or like her commentary yeah. on, say, Me Too or something sure. like that, mostly interviews. So maybe they're going to start interviewing more people. Yeah. And while we're having this conversation, do you want a real talk about, you know, how we kind of sometimes worry that Laura Diaz is not the greatest feminist yeah. in the first place? And it may feel a little bit weird that she's hosting a yes. feminist movement in her own mind, I guess. Yeah, and I will say, like, I haven't really followed too much in regards to the face of a feminist. I know she put on some charity organizations, and she's at 501C. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's doing some things. She's raising money. Um Everyone has their own different viewpoint of feminism. Yep. And my version and her version at the end of the day are underlyingly the same thing that I want equality for all. Mm-hmm. There are different ways to put it in someone's face. And I wonder if this is just like, hey, I'm a feminist. Here's my daily life. It's no different. I'm not man-hating all of the time. Yes. And, I think that's know, an important message. I think that is the important message. And... I hope that maybe there is more conversation, but at the same time, like, I don't know how to like have the right conversation and be PC, but also voice my own opinion in regards to feminism. It's not man hating by any means or anything like that, which a lot of people tend to think. But, um, I think to myself that like with the stuff mom never told you, I'm being taught something or I'm being forced to think harder. You know, when we talk about like wine drinking, is it like, I can't deal with the patriarchy today. Pour that glass and, you know, stop watching reality TV because it's not helping paint the right picture for women. I, I hope that that's where a face of a feminist can eventually get, maybe once they're further down the line. But I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be receiving from this podcast just yet. Yeah. And, you know, there's a def- there's a difference between the celebration of being feminine uh-huh. and being feminist. Correct. Because um, fe- being a feminist or... Um, Which, by the way, no one knows this, but you're wearing your Nasty Woman t-shirt. While I totally am wearing my Nasty out. Woman t-shirt. <laughs> it's laundry day. <laughs> um, but being a feminist has a call to action mm-hmm. to it. It has the sense of, I am currently doing something to be in the fight to in further women's equality yes you know in the workplace in the social mm-hmm. you know blah 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 blah. celebrating feminism yes is okay too mm-hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's if the word feminist is in the title of yeah. the podcast, but we're not talking about Me Too or no. um, you know, any of the current feminist conversations, mm-hmm. Times Up, whatever it may sure. be, then are you just a couple of girls on a mic? Like we don't call ourselves a feminist show. Sometimes yeah. we talk about feminist things, but yeah. I certainly don't think that I'm teaching anybody other than what I might relay from what I've learned at a podcast. Exactly. But you know, if, if it's like, so Sage Burning made me feel this way and let's talk about how my husband may have said something that is slightly uh, offensive or is it not or whatever. Yeah. That's not the call to action. That's not part of the movement, I I would say. Right. I mean, but there's nothing wrong with saying, no. like, I, you know, personally feel this way. Let's talk, you know, yeah. having a show about that if you have a followership. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder, you know, because it is like a highly rated morning show here in Central Florida. I know they've got syndication in a couple other towns. So, you know, between the two of them, they're going to have more listeners and likes on their podcast innately than you and I are. Yeah. Um, because of that external following from their podcast. So I know like in listening to them have this conversation about how Marissa wanted to kind of like find a new way to just liven up her apartment space by getting like a Himalayan salt lamp and it turned into all of a sudden buying crystals and sage. Funny story. And I'm super entertained and thinking to myself, do I need sage? Like would it hurt? Who am I hurting if I have sage? Um, while I drink kombucha and be slightly, you know, hippy dippy, but I didn't get that. And here's why it works from a feminist perspective. Unless you're just teaching people that like, Hey, a strong passion of mine is to fight for equality and feminist things and feminism. But I'm here to tell you that like in my day to day, it looks exactly how your day looks regardless of how we think. Yeah. And that's what I got for the first two episodes. And I, I hope there's a stronger conversation because I'd l- be interested to hear, but I didn't get it just yet. I'll keep listening. Yeah. But like I said, you know, I, I know with like stuff mom never told you and things you should know. And there are quite a lot of podcasts out there that do have a feminist yeah. tug that are, I mean, hit you in the gut, especially with stuff mom never told you, you know, yeah, with I agree. Bridget having that Planned Parenthood background and living in D.C. and you know, having the um, network to get these interviews and conversations and the right stats. Because if you're going to do this, you can't fuck up. Do you know what I mean when you talk about feminism? Like, we joke around all the time that, like, oh, is this a new podcast with a host, David, hosty McHost face. Hoster, poster, (laughs) poster. poster. Um, But we're just going to tell you, like, oh, okay, we messed that part up. This is the episode. This is the title. This is what you need to go do. It's at this time. But this is not the place to come and be crazy educated. We're definitely more of an entertainment society and culture yeah. podcast. And we don't try to be anything different than that. And yeah, it sounds like their show, or at least what you've heard of it so far, is like a long form obsession of the week. You know, because yes. I, I really love our obsession of the week segment yeah. because it's, it, and the purpose of it really is to let you guys know, our listeners, who we are. Yeah. And sometimes we're frivolous. Sometimes my obsession is. Uh, makeup uh-huh. and sometimes my obsession is something political yeah. and you you know you're the same too and that's who I am I, I'm sometimes frivolous sometimes sometimes very somber yeah. and serious I'm sometimes very drunk um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the end of the day you know who you are and we're just trying to share that with people right and if that's what they're doing that's fine but using the word feminist in the title of your uh-huh. show is misleading it is and that's why I was just like kind of, it's kind of been on my heart a little bit because I do love a good feminist podcast and feel like I have learned so much from so many of these different mm-hmm. podcasts, especially since we've started this show. Even, like, the littlest thing of, like, 
oh, you know what? I like Emily probably can't do brunch very often because if I'm starting at 11, I'm not, not I'm going all day. I'm yeah. going all day. I'm going to ride that wave. You can't drink all day unless you, you start, start in the morning. morning. Um, but a lot of these do kind of sit and ring true with me. And I hope that eventually this podcast also does the same thing. But as of right now, all I can think of is like, oh, maybe I'll burn some sage in my apartment too. Right. But yeah, I just kind of needed to talk about it. And I really want to be honest about my thoughts on podcasts when we are here in front of these microphones. And I truly never, you know, want to talk negatively about somebody else's podcast. I think at the end of the day, it's like, oh, this is what you, this is the bill of goods you're selling me. Okay. I'm not getting those goods just yet, but I really hope you give them to me soon. Like it's like a cheer section. Yeah. You know, I really feel like we are cheerleaders for other podcasts with what we're doing. We want everyone to have great podcasts. You know, and I think to myself, when we had that long conversation about Stassi's podcast, mm-hmm. when she stepped in it, I still want to go back and give her another go again and be like, fingers crossed, I hope you got it right this time. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that you should listen to a few more episodes yeah. and in a few weeks from now, pop up for us what your feelings are about Absolutely. It. I totally plan on doing that. So expect to hear back from me every week. And <laughs> yeah, expect to pop up in the next couple of weeks. You know, they have some more in the can already, so I know I can pop them out over the next few weeks. All right. Yeah, so that was Face of a Feminist and Erica's thoughts on Face of a Feminist, if you will. (laughs) And Erica's Corner. Erica, oh, no, I won't do it. (laughs) All right, take a big swig of that Mm -hmm. Bloody Mary and then lay one on me. If I can be honest, I don't think we've been dark in a while. Do you have? Yeah, no, I mean, I haven't talked about murder in like two weeks and I'm kind of itchy. I mean, to be fair, you did talk about it 16 minutes ago, but it was a real brief moment in time. Yes, yes. So, you guys, I have... Talk about feminism, a story of a female serial killer for you guys that is, like, literally blood-curdling. So, (laughs) um, okay, this podcast that I'm going to recap is called Serial Killers. So you know what you're getting when you tune in to the Serial Killers podcast. Like, when I get This Is Us, I know. This is us. (laughs) And, again, not to talk negatively about podcasts, but I I do have thoughts about this one. I don't listen to it all the time. It's a little bit hokey. Okay. And it's, I'm going to get into the story in a second, but this podcast in general. Like, 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 John David Booter? It's a, no, it's, (laughs) well, yeah, I mean, it is just a little bit heightened. Okay. Um, And it also, I think, doesn't give their audience enough credit. They do a lot of things like, uh, this killer was motivated by stress and anxiety. And then the other host will be like, so if they were in a stressful situation, they'd want to murder. Oh. Right. It's like, yeah, no, I got it the first time. Yeah. I'm listening with my, I got my listening cap on. <laughs> and I heard it. So, so there's my like, okay. Okay. Um, it's very overproduced. Uh, it's about a year old. The first episode they ever did was about H.H. H. Holmes. And I love oh. that story. So that's one of the reasons I started listening and to the H. show. And H.H. Holmes is the murder house in Chicago, right? Murder castle, Sorry, y'all. Murder castle. And, um, like, it was as hokey as they had a voice actor come in and, like, you know, pretend to be H.H. H. Holmes. It was a little much. Okay. But anyway, I do listen to this podcast. I go to, like, the title description. And if it's a, a case that I already know of or I'm interested in, I listen because they're usually pretty um, information heavy. Cool. And I like that. So this is episode 52 and 53. It's a two-parter okay. about the Blood Countess. So that already sounds super creepy. Yeah, so this bitch murdered some people. <laughs> Um, her real name was Elizabeth Bathory from the late 1560s. She was a countess in Hungary. Um, she is 
in the end, she was charged with 80 murders, but her count is unknown, and some claim that it's as high as 650. What? Yes. So, um... Who has the time? Right. <laughs> this is what this bitch did. Like, she didn't have to go it's to work. Almost, if you murder every day for two years, that's just about... Well, she was at this a long time. That's what I'm saying. Just, like, think of that. It's two yeah. years of murdering. Yeah, it's a lot of murder. It's a lot of murder. So she, um, there's a lot of lore around her. People, like, we were out with a group of friends last night, and I mentioned that I'm doing the Blood Countess on the show today, and somebody across the table was like, yes! Uh-huh. yes. Well, you know, I love that story. Was that Rachel? Uh, no, Heather. Oh, yes. Heather's another true crime fan. Nice. Um, so this story has a lot of legend and lore with it, because there's not a lot of actual writings from the time. Because oh, yeah. Her writings were all destroyed after, and this is also the late 1560s. Not great with the record keeping. No, those um, ones don't last very long. She was, it, legend has it that she bathed in the blood of virgins, chasing eternal youth and oh, beauty. Oh, oh. Gross. Right. And so that she tortured and murdered. Her victims were all primarily young virgin servant girls. Okay. So, backstory on her. She's born in 1560 to a very powerful family in Hungary, the Bathory clan. Um, her aunt Clara was a known uh, bisexual and sadist, and she was also. To be fair, those things don't have to correlate. Right. She just happened to be both of those. She things happened at to the be those same. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not, one does not cause the other. <laughs> does not. She was also called a witch, but I mean, it wasn't like you could call people witches and you didn't have a trial and burn them at the stake back then <laughs> in Hungary. I guess it was just like yeah, that bitch has like. You know, so, she, she's a witch. A witch. She's a witch. <laughs> and so, anyway, her parents die when she's 10. So she and Aunt Clara are pretty close. Okay. And Aunt Clara kind of exposes her to torture and how to Ooh. torture. And um, there's potentially, there are talks that they were incestuous, oh. her and the aunt. And so she goes on to have a noble upbringing. And back at this time... Nobles were allowed to even murder peasants. You could torture peasants, and you could even murder them. It was the peasants For had sport? peasants had no rights. Yeah, but it, you, it's like you shouldn't do it for sport. But if a peasant did you wrong, you were fully allowed to torture and murder them. Jesus Christ! Um, uh, like you, nobles can do it to each other, but you can definitely can yeah. do it to the peasant. So as a teenager, you know she would have violent outbursts against her servants. Um, and then she goes on, and at 15, she marries a soldier. His name was Francis, and he was the son of a baron, and he's also very violent against servants. So he teaches her new tricks. This is some serious so, nature versus nurture he, shit. Well, yeah, and here's what's fucked up, too. It's like the two of them now, they're both very rich on their own. They get yeah. married. They move away to another castle. So now they're setting up their, like, little, you know, Hungarian piece of the earth. Uh-huh. Where they're in charge. And as a couple, they bond over torturing servants. Fucked up. And it's like, babe, I love you. No, I love you. Let's go fuck that guy up. They get off on it, and she, like, they bond together over doing this. But they never kill. They torture. And he would teach her new and exciting ways to torture. Oh, my God, fuck, at the end of the day, just kill me, don't torture me. Well, Francis drew the line at killing. Like, we should really try not to kill, but we can make them. What a noble gentleman. Yeah, thanks, Francis. (laughs) Well, like I mentioned, he's... Do you hear the podcat crying? Your cat is oh, not shit. enjoying this one. It's after five and she hasn't had her Sunday dinner yet. She's pissed as hell. Yeah, you go. I'll keep... You go feed the cat. Okay. Um, Talk loudly. <laughs> so, I'm talking to the listeners now. So, they... Um, like I said, he was a soldier and there was a Hungarian war uh, against the Ottomans actually starting up. So, he has to go away to war. 
And now Elizabeth, who's only 18 at this time, has so much stress brought about her um, that it leads her to want to torture more and more because, like, it helps relieve her stress. So this woman's a sadist. And she um, doesn't, without him around, she starts murdering. Right? Okay, wait a second. (laughs) Because I am listening to you. I know you And I did feed your cat. Mm -hmm. But, like, this helps relieve stress. Now, stress, would you say? (laughs) But, like... That's really what they did say in this episode. <laughs> I mean, go ride a horse. No, nah, this is how Have she... sex. Like, do something. Really, read a book. Well, her husband was away, remember? I know. Okay. Well, so, you don't have to... But husband. Without her around to, like, draw the line, she starts killing. And, like I said, it's mostly young virgin servant girls. Oh. It relieves her stress. And, um... She, the thing they did say, though, is she didn't really have, like, one specific method. And, you guys, I'm not going to describe in detail the torture, so don't be afraid. If you want to know exactly the types of horrible things that she did to them, then listen to the podcast. please listen to the podcast. But I'm not going to talk about it here because it's, it's too much and yeah. I don't really want to go there. And you may um, be eating breakfast, and that's not what you deserve. Right. <laughs> so, but like I said, she had many, many different ways in which she would torture, uh-huh. but the common thread was that she would mutilate genitals. Oh. She mutilated the genitals of specifically no. these virgins and their faces. So that's where the lore comes from, that um. she was chasing this eternal youth and beauty because she would take it from the parts of them that made them feminine and beautiful yep. and young. So, and it's, but there are other historians that think that she was actually a lesbian or maybe was traumatized by what her aunt had done to her younger and it's a sexual frustration acting out and that's why she would mutilate people's genitals. Um, So, um, after a while, she gets some of her closest servants, she starts making her accomplices. So she kind of runs out of servants in her own castle, right? Uh And she, they call it, well, I can't remember his name, but she had like a, a, a guy who was a dwarf who she would send out to other towns and get him to bring back girls and under the premise that they're going to be servants for her at her castle. And they were saying it's not really that uncommon for servants to die. It's the late 1500s. Yeah. There's not, you know, health care. There's plagues and shit. So they would be like, oh, we ran out of servants. You got a young girl, but, you know, bring her to the castle. She works here now. Um, but then the most prominent one of these accomplice servants she had was this woman named Anna, who was also super into torture and w- was an open about being a witch. Did she actually have magic? I don't know, Probably. but she had practiced the occult. So I bet she, they burnt sage. Yeah, they probably burnt some sage. <laughs> <laughs> so they, um, she teaches her even more extreme methods of torture, and yeah. it's rumored that they were lovers, but we don't really know. So... In 1604, her husband dies, and she fucking loses it. Yeah. Now she's really, she's going to murder everybody. She needs more girls. She's sending her accomplices out to get more all the time. And now this is where she's becoming just reckless about it, too. Uh But she's a noble woman and thinks that she's protected. This is her right under the law. Um, And also was said that she killed, like, a man. Like, extreme torture physically is not a female serial killer's M.O., I mean, if anything, it's a quick gunshot for it. But mostly women torture. I mean, women kill with poison. Yeah. And um, just more delicate methods. And they talked a lot about, I found this interesting, kind of relating back to feminism, that because she did torture so openly and extremely and brutally that the legend and lore of her doing it, chasing the eternal beauty, they think people have kind of assigned that to her 
to make it more feminine. They can't understand why a woman is this disgusting and brutal and gory. It's not like women. So she probably was just, frankly, a sadist. Uh Uh-huh. But historians and the people that have talked about this for years and talked about this story, it doesn't compute to people for yeah. women to behave that way. So they made up this, she bathes in the blood of the virgins. Uh-huh. Um, she's after their youth and beauty. Those it's probably no aren't knows. true, but people assign that to her to feminize, it feminine it up. Gotta feminine yeah. it up. So here's where she gets herself into trouble and things unravel. Um, she has... She's running out of peasant girls. So she starts receiving noble girls in her court, which was common back then, um, to send girls of other noble Uh families around to learn. And basically, she starts a finishing school for other... She gets a bunch of other noble families to send them her girls. How old is she at this point, do we know? Um, This... Well, in 16... She was born in... um, Well, they... They find her out in 1610, so this is probably 1607, 1608, so by then she'd be in her 40s. Okay. Um, So she's supposed to have this finishing school, and within three weeks, all of the girls are dead. Stop it. I will not. I don't know how many she had, but they were all dead. And these aren't peasants. So the noble families are like, hey, what happened to my daughter? Yeah. And she refuses to release any of the bodies or anything. So now the other noble people are like, hey. No. No. They call the king of Hungary. Like, hey. Uh I think where she's doing something to girls up there. Yeah. So the king of Hungary gets involved, and he sends the authorities. They raid her castle in the middle of the night in 1610, and they find her in the process of torturing somebody. Holy fuck. And they're like, hey, Elizabeth, hey girl. can you be cool? Could you not? Hey, girl. So then she's arrested and charged, and she basically is put on house arrest in her own tower in the uh-huh. castle. And um, they don't do a real trial. They do an inquest. 300 people come forth to testify against her, Um, and including her accomplices, but they only did it under torture. Ha! Take that, assholes. So it comes out that even some of the older women in the town were helping to provide her girls to seek favor from her. I mean, it's it's pretty super fucked up. And then here's where, like, the victim count comes in because all these people are testifying, but it's really only hearsay. Yeah. It's like, I heard this or I saw this. Like, nobody had, nobody's got pictures. There's no fucking DNA. So there are no receipts. And there's no bodies. Because one of the accomplices, it's actually her wet nurse for her children, is the one that has to dispose of all the bodies. Yeah. So even the the bodies of the noble girls, the families were demanding that she release the bodies, and she wouldn't because clearly they had been mutilated and tortured. And Uh so she just disposes of them. So she gets charged with 35 to 50 deaths. Okay. But now she's been doing this since, like, the, this is about 30 years that she's been doing yeah. this. And if it's her stress reliever or whatever, most people believe it's much higher. One woman who testified claims that she found a list in a casket of 650 girl names. Oh. So it could be that high. Um, but the body, there's, there's, the bodies are gone. And uh-huh. it's only hearsay and what people are willing to testify to. So, uh, she's found guilty. Uh-huh. All of the accomplices get executed, but because she's a noble woman, she gets served uh, life in her own tower. She gets just oh. put in her own house for house the rest house. of her life. Yeah. So, disgusting, right? She actually also is a, um, they say that Bram Stokes used her story as uh, his inspiration for Dracula. Really? And that there's some lore about her being a vampire because she was so into blood, blood and there was so much blood. Oh my um, god, that's crazy. Right. So at the very end of this episode, though, I will say they turned it around and they said, 
No, but just think about this. Okay. It's possible that she really is innocent. She claimed innocence up until the day of her death, of her house arrest. She said she never did any of this. She's all innocent. So they turned it back around and they said, but let's just look at a few things. Sure. Okay. Um, First of all, she had the most money of anybody in Hungary between what she had from her family and what she had from her husband. And she was the only female, like, in charge of her little area of Hungary. Mm -hmm. What's it, a fiefdom or whatever that is. And... That she was actually so rich that the king of Hungary had borrowed a lot of money from her to pay for the country over the years and had no way of paying her back. She had, the king was indebted to her. Crazy. And on top of that, just the other nobles around were not super loving that this woman had so much power in the country. So did they maybe kind of make this all up? What? To take her out of power and take her lands? Oh, I did not think that that's where you were going to go. Yeah, it's possible that... Um, Especially because there's no oh, bodies. Also, and that's a lot of bodies to no, dispose of. Yeah, right? There's no evidence anywhere. Zero. And on top Except of this... Except the fact that they, quote-unquote, say they caught her torturing somebody right, in the night. Right, Somebody said that. An sure. authority sent by the king. Okay. Um, also, her cousin was uh, planning to start a war to overthrow the king. And also, they talked about, you know, how many false confessions are gained under torture. Yeah. So, all of those, you know, accomplices, and even probably even the peasants, you can make them say anything if sure. you torture them. I mean, look at Brandon Dassey. Right. They, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> That's, That's a murder reference. straight up wanted to make a murder. Um, so, it's possible that everybody just confessed so they could get out of torture. Wow. And uh, there was never really an actual honest to God trial. It was just this inquest. So it's possible none of this happened, but it's also very, I mean, women were disappearing, we think, people testified to that. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, being the time it was, the the records aren't there, and what was there is destroyed, so we don't really know. So you love this time period, especially from, like, an English perspective. Yeah, I I really do love medieval royalty. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, you've read so many different books, mainly that, you Mm -hmm. know, royalty that, I've never heard you talk about Hungary before. But yeah, like, I don't know much about Hungary. No, but, like, what is your thoughts? Just from, like, all the stories that you do know to be true about, you know, the female. Right. When they were in power and how hard it was for them. I I have to believe that, I, I mean, it's I, I don't want to be, like, I, I hope that it's true because yeah. I don't want upwards of 650 young virgin girls to have died a very uh-huh. terrible death. But, um if this story gave us, you know, Dracula and vampire, uh-huh. and I've, I've read a fictional book recently that relied heavily on this story really? as the basis, and um, it's very fantastical and hard to believe. But I, I do think in that time period, torture was very prominent and very. I mean, yeah, they they talked about her husband. One of the ways he would torture would be to sew somebody into a live horse. What? Yeah, well, I don't think the horse would make it very long, but that was like a form of execution that they actually for real used in Hungary back then. It was like, a really... put a horse and put you inside of it and mm-hmm. sewed it back up? Mm-hmm. And so then you would like just die, you die in there, and then I'm sure the horse doesn't make it very far either. Jesus right. fucking Christ. That's yeah, disgusting. they did really terrible things to people, so it's not out of my belief system to think uh-huh. that this woman did torture and murder, and, you know, if sadists are... Legit. And sociopaths are, that's a real, that's a real thing that we know exists in the world. And so she had the power to do it without even having to worry about it being illegal. Because it really wasn't back then. Uh, Yeah, I have to believe that some some of this is true. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And gross. They did say too, like, 
if this is not true, it's a really weird thing to come up with to accuse her of. Yeah. I mean, really, back then, women had no real rights. All they had to do was say that she slept with a guy she wasn't supposed to. True. And they could take her out of power. True. So this is pretty elaborate to have Want made Want to take up. her down in this kind of yeah, way. Yeah, it would be so easy to take her down in another way. So that is my story of the blood... It's not my story. Serial <laughs> Killers, episode 52 and 53, and just a story that exists in the world. How long was it? Because um, it was two. Yeah, okay. And that's the other thing about this podcast. It's two episodes of 35 minutes each. Oh. And at the top... At, like, the bottom of the second episode and the top of... I mean, the bottom of the first episode and the top of the second, they, like, wrap it up and replay, and it's like, here's what's going to happen next time. It's like, if you cut out that, like, six minutes of filler content and stuck it together, you yeah. have a less than an hour-long <laughs> podcast, like... Just do it. Just, yeah. Just put out one episode. Right. But Unless you're Doc Shepard. You can give me like nine hours of podcast yeah, right. and I'll figure it out. Like you really only had 45 minutes of solid content between being like, so do you think she did it for the stress? Well, yes, because I mean, she was stressed. So would you say that at the end of the day she was probably feeling, God, what's the word? Like when stress? a lot of stuff is going on and you don't know how to handle it. Oh, you like feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. Uh, we'll never know. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, they, but but anyway, uh, if you're interested in the in the story and you want to go back and get a lot more um, detail, and uh, this is not for the little ears by any means, but go check it out. Go check well, it out. Our show in general is not for the little ears. It's we not. swear mm-hmm. up a storm. We sure do. Um, and episode 19 was a little dirty. Mm-hmm. Kind of funny. Had some good stuff. Um, I think we are probably going to wrap up here. I'm super excited for Women Tell All tonight. Yes. Hey, um, I'm going to throw one more reminder out there, you guys. Come visit us over on Patreon and become a sponsor. We'll love you forever. Oh, you were going there, weren't you? Yes. Um, <laughs> Patreon.com backslash podcast rewind. Yeah. Um, show us your support. Yeah. Be our friend everywhere. You should be our friend. <laughs> Just like, guys, like be us, our friend. Like us. Yeah, rate us five Pick stars. Me. Choose me. Love me. Me. I hate that show. <laughs> I hate that's that show, a, but I love that phrase. Oh, uh, I hate that phrase. Grey's Anatomy. Um, that's a totally a different rant for me on a completely other podcast mm-hmm. some other day. But guys, thank you so much for joining us. Next week we'll be back with episode 20. I cannot believe we're yes. at almost Look at 20 go. episodes. So enjoy the rest of your week. But guys, don't forget, as always, to be kind and, and rewind. Bye. Bye.